calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of IGN Unfiltered, our monthly interview series where I have the distinct privilege of sitting down with the best, brightest, most interesting minds in the games industry. And today, Sissy Jones, so kind to, uh, to join me. Thank you so much for being here, number one. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you are an accomplished voice actor, uh, over 50 games on your resume so far. Um, and Those are I think, just the ones you know about. Yeah, and we're, uh, <laughs> you know, just the most recent one now, Darksiders 3, you're playing Fury. Yes. The lead character uh, in, in that series, which everybody's been wanting to come back for a while, and here it's, it's finally coming at no the pressure. end of November. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, voice acting has always been so fascinating to me, so thank you for being here, and I'm going to ask you a million questions about that, about what that life is like. I'm game. So I want to start with just that long, impressive resume, do any of those 50-plus credits sort of stand out to you as, as particularly memorable? Well, I mean, um, Firewatch will always hold a we'll get to very that. special place Yes, in we'll get heart. to that. Um, but, I, you know, the, the place where it all began, really, was The Walking Dead. Um, my first job as a voice actor was Katya, and, uh, and from that job, I got to work with Sean Vanneman and Jake Rodkin and the incredible team at Telltale, and I met uh, Melissa Hutchison, who's Clementine, and Owen Thomas, who's Omid, and Gavin Hammond, who's Kenny, and, you know, all these people who are still very, very dear friends to this day. I just spoke with them yesterday about, I'm coming up to IGN. Um, That game changed everything for me. Um, I had just switched careers, and having that happen was kind of the the green light of, like, okay, you made the right call. Good job, kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how does that happen? Do they? Uh, is it an audition thing? Does does uh, somebody at, at Telltale see you in some or hear you in something else? Like, well, I'm, I'm curious how that moment. <laughs> well, comes not at to that be. point because I hadn't been in anything else. <laughs> um, that was an audition that came through my agent. So all the women on that roster auditioned for all the female roles. Oh, so I auditioned for Clementine. I auditioned for Lily and Carly and on and on. But there was something about Katya that spoke to me. Um, there was a there was a, a dignified quietude to her, for lack of a better word. Um, But she reminded me very much of someone that I hold near and dear to my heart. And so I was able to kind of channel that person um, into her emotional state. But then also I had to figure out a Belgian accent. So 
I have a friend who is Belgian, and I followed him around with a tape recorder for a little bit too long. Um, and I did some research online and, you know, um, found an accent for someone who'd been living in the States for 20 years and had a touch of an accent, but not too much of an accent. Right. And luckily it worked. So it, th- that's obviously then in, it's in the script and it's like, okay, Katya is, Katya is, is Belgian. Yeah. So is, does that become, as I was going to ask you, I'm glad you brought up accents. Is it, is it like, is it terrifying when you're like, oh, there's an accent, <laughs> this, this character's an accent? Or is it, is it like, is it just fun? You just roll up your sleeves and like, yes, this is super fun. I love it. I think it's, it's super fun. It adds an extra layer to a character because it's not just an accent. It's, it's about the way of life growing up in Belgium. What's that like? She's this age. So she's seen some stuff, you know, post-war and blah, blah, blah. So that all kind of goes into it too. Um, Where it gets really nerve-wracking is when I've got British people judging my British accent in a British (laughs) performance. Um, So let's hope that doesn't go off the rails. But uh, otherwise, no, it's a ton of fun. (laughs) So you kind of hinted at this already, but um, what, what was your childhood dream career you know you, you, you found this uh you know as an adult voice yeah. acting so where does the the sissy jones story begin and where do where do the the dreams of sissy jones start i remember i was about six years old and i was watching scooby-doo and i i realized one day that all of the characters had these little black lines around their body shapes and i was like oh they're not real. There's a person back there. But I didn't know what it was called. I didn't know it was called voiceover. I, for the longest time, wanted to be a voice on The Simpsons or Family Guy. I just thought, God, that looks like so much fun. And I remember having a conversation with my now husband about how my dream job would be to be a voice on The Simpsons. And, uh, And about two weeks after we had that conversation, I heard Nancy Cartwright, who is Bart Simpson, on the radio talking about The Simpsons movie and talking about voiceover and how it was such a great career and yakety yak and she pointed me in the direction of a school voiceover school that i started going to and and it changed everything i i had had a completely different career up until that point wow so because i've heard there's a, there's a couple here there's one there's like voice one and a couple in san mm-hmm. francisco so yeah what what is what do you learn in in voice acting school <laughs> well you learn how to voice act i mean is, um, is it like is it more of a confidence thing or a technique or i guess all of it right? yeah so i came at it with no acting background at all so for me it was really learning acting um but also there's a lot of subtleties in voiceover that aren't necessary for an on-camera career or, or a theatrical career um you know you you don't have the luxury of facial expressions or body language. You have to convey that with your voice, yeah. right? So it's, it's learning, you know, how do you convey an eyebrow raise? <laughs> um, little things like that. But then also learning the differences between the genres of animation versus video game versus commercial versus promo versus narration versus trailer and on and on. Wow. Yeah. And so it's, they're all very specific muscles that you have to learn to train. So uh, d- is... is- are you? Do you feel best behind the mic? Would you? Would you want to be in front of the camera at, at some point? Like, what's? Uh... I love voiceover. I love it. I eat, sleep, breathe it. I love that I can be this wonderful middle-aged woman from Belgium one day, or I can be a, an anthropomorphic nail file the next day. That's not <laughs> hyperbole. I actually am an anthropomorphic nail file in a in a show on Amazon. Um, I love it. I I can't get enough of it. I so. No, I don't want to do on camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that does uh, that does sort of lead me up to I'm I'm again fascinated by 
you know, you, the, this, the, this process of, so do you warm up? Do you warm up your voice before you Sometimes. go into the booth? If I, if I know it's going to be particularly stressful, yes. Uh, if I know I've got to do accent work, I'll, I'll be talking in my accent the whole way to the session. Right. Uh, you know, for Katya, we recorded a 10-minute walk from my house, so I would, I would walk to the, uh, the recording studio um, with just like, oh, there's the bus stop, and I wonder what time the bus is coming. You know, like kind of go through the accent in my head so that it was in there yeah. by the time I got in the booth. Um, because the worst thing you can do is lose it in the middle of a session or get it confused with another one. Southern. Southern is the worst. I always get Southern confused in there sometimes if I have to switch between the two. So it's making sure they're compartmentalized and separate. <laughs> I love that. Um, Occupational hazards of a so factor. are you super paranoid about, like, getting sick, about, like, your voice? As yes. it, You know, you see you're drinking water now and... Not like some sugary whiskey <laughs> later. Yeah, I don't know. Um, like, what's are, <laughs> yeah. is it? Is it, are you just super protective of that instrument? Yeah, then? yeah. I do my vitamin C every day when I travel. I, I do the airborne, constantly washing hands. Um, you know, I I got sick a couple years ago for like six weeks. I couldn't work for six wow. weeks. I'm a contractor, man. Like I. Any day I don't work is a day I don't get paid. Yeah. Um, I went into labor uh, during a recording session because you just don't want to like <laughs> not be there. Um, yeah, I'm super paranoid about it always, and it's sometimes you get sick and sometimes you you, you miss it. So have you have you ever ha- had to lose out on a on a gig because I of have. it? I have, and it's heartbreaking. That's oh man, that yeah, I can't even. <laughs> I, have, I have a friend here in San Francisco who was um, going to be like the voice of Lysol, which like in voiceover, the money is in nationwide Big union campaign. television commercials, yeah. right? They are unicorns. More and more they're going to celebrities. But she, this wonderful workaday voice actress, got Lysol and it was going to be the thing. And she got laryngitis the night before oh. and lost oh. it. Wow. And, yeah, it is terrifying but that also goes into you know vocally stressful sessions a lot of times with video games if they have you screaming for hours on end you know i did one for uh for a game that i i actually got have gotten to a point where i don't audition them if i know they're going to be super screamers so they brought me in um without an audition and it was four hours of screaming at at nine o'clock in the morning and um by the time i left my throat was bleeding couldn't talk, and I had to cancel my commercial session for that afternoon, oh. which is my bread and butter. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of self care that has to happen in this little segment. Man, is there? <laughs> what's your ideal time to work then? Because it's clearly not nine in the morning. I don't mind it now. Uh, <laughs> you know, extenuating circumstances have me up earlier, um, but uh, you know, I like working all hours of the day, and I and I do. You know, I I do a lot of work in trailers. Um, which is very last-minute turnaround, especially for, you know, sound-alikes and things like that. And yeah. so I've worked at 11.30 at night, and I've worked at, you know, 7 in the morning, and I've worked on camping trips, and I have my little recording rig that I take with me everywhere. And Is nighttime better? Because, like, like, that's when rock concerts happen, right? <laughs> that's, when, that's when rock stars are out there singing, is at 9 o'clock at night? Yeah, it just, you know, as long as I, as long as, if I know I have a session at 9, I'm up at 6. So I can yeah. get everything warmed up and not sound like a dude. <laughs> so, uh, without necessarily naming any names, can, I'm curious about some of the the different ways in which game developers handle voice acting and voice actors. 
Could, do you have any sort of uh, just stories or examples of, of how one game developer might totally handle you and the, and the part differently than another? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of across the board from we're not going to tell you anything to literally not even knowing the name of the game to, uh, you know, to where Campo Santo was, was really happy to have me be involved with it and talking to press and, you know, doing all of that. Um, it's, it's totally different across the board. I've literally done sessions where uh, I don't know what it is I'm going in for. Wow. I do the thing, and I don't know that I'm in the thing until the thing is out. And people <laughs> on Twitter are like, hey, are you in blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, nah, man. And then they send me a clip. <laughs> Sounds like you. And I'm like, yeah, wow, yep, that's me. <laughs> um, sometimes I'll get a script ahead of time. It's rare. Um, a lot of times I'm starting to see now where um, there's a little more collaborative effort between the devs and the actors of like, you know, working on Darksiders 3 has been such a joy because they've been um, super open to my feedback. You know, yeah. they had like a, it's silly, but they had a, you know, she said, I don't want to blah, 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 or, or I don't think, yeah, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, this is not a woman who who uses contractions. It sounds silly, but she wants everybody to know, to listen to every single word she says she does not contract words, right. and uh, and they've been super cool about just little things like that, um, you know, and, and giving me a full breakdown of what's happening and actually knowing the the name of the game. <laughs> so that's good. I, I I cannot fathom the idea of not even knowing. Like, how does that benefit them? Because you can't prepare. Well, I think you know I I see both sides of it truly because um, there are some actors, not a lot, but enough to spoil it for the rest of us who just want those Twitter followers and they'll post things online and they'll leak scripts. Um, they, I heard a story the other day of a guy <laughs> in a session doing a Facebook live recording, putting it on Facebook as it was happening. And I'm like, you're never going to work again. What are you thinking? Yeah, that's, that seems like a bad idea. A little short-sighted. Yeah. So, you know, there have unfortunately been a few people that have leaked scripts, and, and uh, you know, that hurts, that hurts the dev. I get that. Man, I would just think you just don't hire those people anymore. And, Ever and, again. And then bring in and give, <laughs> give the pre-briefing to the people you do trust. But yeah. What do I know? I yeah. guess I don't know. I mean, we sign NDAs, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Huh. Um, what does a what does a typical workday look like for you? Because, you know, I think there was uh, I'm thinking of this forever ago, and I'm probably misrepresenting it somehow. But I remember seeing some video on YouTube an, an eternity ago of that uh, Don LaFontaine, the like classic movie voiceover guy. Yeah, I would like you know kind of get up. They'd pick him up in a limo, take him to the gig, and he'd do the trailer, and then that was like so. That's like this glorified, fancy version Listen, of it. But well, he's I'm, like the Brad Pitt of the voiceovers, <laughs> right? Um, maybe Brad Pitt's a little dated at this time, anyway. Um, no, I do not have a limo that drives me from job to job. Um, I mean, it's it's wake up, see what auditions are sitting in my inbox. Um, crank them out if I need to or get to a session if I need to. I mean, honestly, some days I'll have 10 sessions. Some weeks I'll have 10 sessions. Yeah. Some weeks I'll have two. Hmm. It's, so it's, it's figuring out how to manage the time that's not booked and not drive yourself crazy. And uh, so I know you mentioned your recording thing that you bring with you. Do you, do you have a studio at home? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So I have that was a, home a big studio. investment, a, a, a worthwhile investment, no yes. doubt, in your line of work. Yeah, I do about 80% of my auditions from home. Um, and probably 20% of my jobs from home. Okay. Um, I love to go to a studio if I can, because then uh, all the technical 
problems are someone else's right. job. Um, yeah, so I have a home studio. Uh, I also rent an office space with a couple of other people that has ISDN, which is kind of phasing out, but still some clients really, really want it. Uh, and I have a, a portable setup that I take everywhere. Nice. Yeah. Um, it, is, it, uh, is it easier? Do you find that it's easier to, to, to get away from home just to, like, then you're completely removed from, yeah. from like, the, any other distractions, anything mm-hmm. that might be, even you might even be thinking about at home. Like, from that oh. pile that's been sitting there. <laughs> right, like the laundry pile or really whatever, right? something about that. Yeah. <laughs> it is nice to get away, which is why I try to do jobs away from home. I try to go into my agents to audition when I can. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, what was I going to ask? Oh, so one of the things, I, th- I think this fits into something you, you were talking about earlier, it's just looking over your resume. You're credited as voicing the local population in Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> What does that even mean? I think I have an idea, but I'm, I figure What's, I'd best tell me, ask you. Tell me your idea. Well, I, my suspicion is that that means you're just one of the pedestrians. That that's they they call everybody that voices a pedestrian part of the local population. But yes. I'm curious what that actually means. More specifically, I'm a prostitute. You can light on fire, throw out a window, and steal my car. Oh, all right. So yeah, <laughs> go GTA Five. <laughs> And and did you know that uh, that was the role? Is that one of those games where you... Because that's one where I figure the secrecy is so intense they don't yeah. even tell you it's Grand Theft Auto. No, it was, it was under a fake name. It, it, that was one of the ones where it came out and I didn't even know I was in it. Someone on Twitter was like, I just saw your prostitute in GTA V. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so you just you get in there and it's... It's a you just have that's prostitute related <laughs> dialogue pretty much and you you just have you just go you just you just knock out the dialogue and you, hope for the best I guess or how does that work death by fire death by thrown out a window getting pissed at someone for stealing your car yeah do, do you apply a, do you do you bring an accent to that do you do like what <laughs> how, how do you like i guess for i mean i don't want to like make light of that role specifically but how <laughs> in a situation like that where they don't tell you what the game is and it's just here's the here are the lines of dialogue do they tell you exactly how they want it or do you have freedom to sort of try to make something out of it or it depends you know i if i remember correctly that one they were like listen this is in xyz city no accent this this is the person that you are like it's basically a fly by night thing so yeah. you know you don't spend a ton of time on the character creation of of said prostitute but uh <laughs> but sometimes you know in uh, shadow of war um it was a very specific british accent that they had me do so uh you know you make sure you got the accent down and you knock it out <laughs> and hope it doesn't suck <laughs> So is, is it is it fans that will alert you to yes. these things? As yes. Not, not, not even your manager. We don't know because it's all under. Well, I think now they have to tell the agents what the the proper title is. Okay. Um, but yeah, back then nobody knew. Wow. Know, as far as you know, you're going in for Firestorm, and right. You know, it's it's a completely different game. What do, are you even allowed to say? What what was the? Do you remember what the Grand Theft Auto Five like fake code name thing was? It's probably like bookshelf. You know, or something crazy. You get the weirdest, like the craziest the fake names in there. It's like camera light. Okay, you have no idea. Yeah, that's it's. I love that about your job. <laughs> like it's just this. It's 
if you explained your job without context <laughs> to someone to someone in some other industry, like it could sort of sound like spy work. Totally. Right. Totally. <laughs> or it's like I'm just like this like marionette, just waiting for someone to pick up the strings and make me dance. You know. Um, let's see here. What did I want to ask you? Uh, you talked a little bit about this, but when you do have a script to work with, sort of what's your what's your process? Do you do you find do you try to memorize the script or need to memorize the no, script or unless it's uh, performance capture? No, I don't um, because it will often change on the fly. Or you know by by the time I get to the session, the script has changed from what they've sent me. Okay, so I, you can't be too tied to the way that it's written before you're actually recording it. Um, but what I'll do is you know try to understand who this person is, what's the situation that they're in, who are they talking to, what, is this a battlefield, are we screaming at each other, are we fighting, or is this like a more intimate, one-on-one, you know, um, casual or, or romantic, or, you know, trying to understand the beats and yeah. what's happening, like, because a lot of times we don't have the context of where we are, what's, what's going on in this scene, and that makes all the difference, you know, um, it's one of the things I love so much about Firewatch was getting to record with my scene partner, I don't ask you that. Yeah, we'll get to that. No, uh, but that that uh, that brings me perfectly to this. Is so? Do you do you ask for storyboards or or be like gameplay B roll or concept art to sort of try and see and? No, sometimes we'll get concept art. You know, I I think I had this picture of Katya on the audition. Yeah. Um, but that's a luxury. I mean, we don't we don't really get much to go on. So you, I mean, you really. In your line of work, you have to. I mean, it, it is almost the ultimate creativity. You have no yeah. no visuals, very little even words. It's all just, in the noodle, it's, man. It's all, yeah, it's all between <laughs> between your ears, which I think yeah. is awesome. Like it's what? Fun. Not a lot of jobs, I imagine. I mean, yeah, jobs run the gamut from, you know, you're going to do this one specific task all day every day. To, like you're at the other end of the spectrum. Like it's yeah. it's almost entirely like the words may be written for you, but that's that's like it. You know what though? I love it. I love the ability to to have creativity with it because that's you know that's the great thing about actors is that everybody will bring a different spin on what's happening. And if my spin is the one that happens to book the job, let's have some fun. You know, um, I want to make sure that the people that are on the other side of the glass are are seeing their characters come to life. You know, because it's so, it's solitary for all of us to write a script and have it in black and white on a piece of paper and then to audition it by myself and blah, blah, blah. But to be together and to have that, like, just that spark of creativity between all of us flying around the room where, you know, we're all creating and it's all coming to life. God, it's so much fun. It's the greatest. (laughs) Are there, um, are there roles that you didn't get that, you heard them later by whoever got them, and you're like, I could have done that so much better. Maybe, but we're not going to talk about those, Ryan. <laughs> That's fair. I'm just like, just as a professional pride, I've got to yeah. figure that happens from time to time. It does, but I mean, the thing is, like, auditioning is such a vacuum, right? So I, let's say I'm in my home studio, I'm at home, I got my door closed and my headphones on, and I just see the script on my computer, and I've got to figure out a way, a way to make it come to life. So do 2,000 other people, Yeah. right? If the director, the casting director, is eating a bad sandwich when they listen to my audition, I might not get the role, right? It's the same, it's the on-camera equivalent of, like, wearing the wrong shirt, right? Yeah. I don't know what's happening 
to them when they're listening to my audition. So all I can hope is that some of the spaghetti that I'm throwing on the wall starts to stick. <laughs> and if it doesn't stick that time, you know, it'll stick for somebody else and good for them for getting that yeah. role because there's enough to go around. And I got to figure there's to, to be, I guess, nicer about it. There's probably <laughs> other times too where you might have auditioned for something and then you, you hear the final person that's not you and you go like oh man they were amazing oh yeah yeah <laughs> that happens too that happens too definitely and the, the great thing about the voiceover community is that it's really an incredible group of people so oftentimes if it's not me that books it it's a friend of mine and you know we'll go out and celebrate together yeah. you know it's it's just the greatest group of people i'm so lucky to work with these people is it is it mostly a LA community or is, is it is it sort of spread out or I had an incredible community I have an incredible community here in San Francisco um, we've got a great community in LA I just got back from London where there's another amazing group of people um, I, I think it's just something inherent in, in voice actors we're all just awesome <laughs> <laughs> uh, you touched on this a little bit like with the um, the, the people just tweeting you and, and sending you things you didn't even know that you were in, but are, are there like uncredited or super low key roles that you've done where if you're going to, you tell me right now and a bunch of people will be like, Oh yeah. Well, I think shadow of war didn't make it up on my IMDb. I just haven't done anything about that yet. Um, just like background chatter. Um, what else would be interesting? I don't even know. I, I think honestly people would be more surprised to hear the commercials that I've done and be like, holy shit, that's Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, I, you know, you talked about those being like the, the bread and butter. Like, what are yeah. some of those campaigns we may, we've, that we have heard you in and may not have realized it? <laughs> so in L.A. and in, in various parts of the country, I do a grocery store every week. In L.A., it's Ralph's. Yeah. Um, I do Kroger in the Midwest. I do Fry's in Arizona. Yep. Um, every now and then I'll do Fred Meyer in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I've been doing those for six years every week. It's awesome. And it's like, stop by Ralph's this week for broccoli, only two ninety nine a bunch or whatever. Um, there's a Marriott commercial running right now that's like, it's super like, what if mankind was really kind? You know, it's like <laughs> totally like intimate. Um, I don't know. It's just all those, all those crazy things. I also do a ton of celebrity soundalikes for trailers. So um, I do all of Charlize Theron's soundalike work when she's oh, not wow. available. Mm-hmm. Um, who else do I do? Uh, Emma Thompson and, and Penelope Cruz and uh, Rebel Wilson. And, you know, anytime they have, a, a, they have to change a line in a movie to make it fit the trailer and they don't want to pay the celebrity fees to have them come in and record the line, they'll call me. Wow. So, wait, you're, so you, you end up in the trailer or the film? Sometimes the film, but most often just the trailer. Interesting. I never yeah. even realized that. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. It's good business. If what, you a great, yeah, what a great, yeah. What a, that just like, you, you can make a YouTube playlist of all kinds of yes, awesome Sissy can. Jones stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun. That's it's really great. Fun. Um, all right. When I say the name, we're, gonna, we're going here now. Uh, when I say the name Sean Vanneman, what uh, does that bring to mind for you? That man changed my life. That man changed my life from The Walking Dead to Firewatch. He's just, um, he writes his characters so completely. They're, they're just, they're so complete when you get them that there's, it's not like a, I don't know what the hell this is. It's, oh, that's who this person is. And his ability to really zero in on what makes people tick 
and the different things that make different people tick. Um, he's a genius. I mean, I, I, I'm so grateful to have worked with him. And I know that sounds so cliche, but, but man, that guy, that guy changed my life. He did. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwein, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwein, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Well, I think a lot of people might not even necessarily realize, I mean, Firewatch put Sean and, and Jake and, and the Campo team on the map collectively, but I think that a lot of people maybe don't realize that Sean wrote season and directed one. season one of The Walking Dead. Like, that was that was sort of his jumping yeah. off point, and there's you as, as Katya there. Yeah, and I that was one of five characters I played in the, in the first season. Um, so I got to work with him a couple of times, and I had moved to L.A. Uh, in the middle of recording, so I flew up for the rap party in... Um, uh, Fairfax or San Rafael or something and I, I kind of like zeroed in on, in the crowd and I found him and I walked up and I said are you Sean Vanneman and he goes yeah and I said I'm Katya and he was like Katya holy shit <laughs> just gave me you know the greatest hug and it was like he, you know I just I, there's no words to, to tell you how much that guy that guy has meant to me and my my family and my career and like yeah. <laughs> so you, Beth, you, so then you, you hadn't met him no. during recording. It's all been over a phone patch. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, but he, so he, well, he was, so he was with, he was in on the sessions, but just not physically. You weren't physically in the same yeah. place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Are are some uh, some game? It, I guess yeah. What what members of the development team do you do you tend to work with? I mean, you know, I know there's usually a, an audio lead of some kind, but Sometimes. does it tend to be the the narrative designer director, or, or does it, it vary? Is or different with every single person. Um, sometimes uh, sometimes it's just the the lead. Sometimes they have a, a dialogue director. Sometimes there's a writer in the room. Sometimes there's marketing people in the room. Sometimes there's the whole team in the room. Sometimes there's nobody in the room. It's, it varies so greatly. Hmm. That's yeah. interesting. Um, so Firewatch is certainly where, where I became aware of you, uh, <laughs> respectfully. I didn't, didn't realize. I didn't, <laughs> you were part of the ensemble. <laughs> you weren't uh, in, in Walking Dead. Yeah. And I suspect I, I'm not alone in that. I mean, that, that is a game that really elevated your profile. I think it's, it's fair to say. And, and it, really, it really was, and I said this in my reviewed Firewatch for IGN, I think it's one of the, the best voiceover performances ever in any game. Thank you. Uh, and Richard Richard Summer as well. The, oh, the two of you yeah. were were just incredible, and and part of it was absolutely the script. I mean, you, you mentioned Sean, and I I agree. I think there is, Sean brought a and and brought a sort of depth of emotion to to those characters that I think we just don't get enough of in video games. Quite frankly, it's getting a lot better because of people like Sean. But um, you know, it's. It, it's it's interesting to me that uh, that that just it's almost like you're such a perfect fit for that role, and I don't know who that's a more of a testament to you or him or or I guess both of you just equally. But did I what I 
I guess I'm trying to say is you made Delilah feel very, very real, I think, is, is what I can bet, how I can best say it. So you, you did say that you did get to see the script for that game. I didn't, I mean, I saw the script the night before we, we would record, but basically what happened was Sean called me um, shortly after I met him at that rap party. Yeah. And he was like, hey, I've left Telltale. I've started a new game. I'm writing a new game. I'm, I've started a new company. I'm writing a new game with a female protagonist. Are you in? And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, great. And then two years went by, and I was like, shit, did I lose the job? What's happening? Ah, am I being recast? And, uh, and they were just working on getting the company up and running and writing the script and everything else. And then he, he sent me a little audition uh, because he wanted the rest of the team to, to be on board with me. Um, and it, her name was Alice at first. It wasn't Delilah. It was Alice. And, uh, and he had me read a sample script. And uh, we got the buy-in from everybody else and waited another year, I think, before they found their Henry. And, and, and then um, we were off to the races. You know? and, and it was, it was kind of, you know, we would do two or three sessions. And then there would be like a four or five month lull. And then we do another couple sessions, and then it'd be another couple months. So it was about two years of recording. Wow. Yeah, just because I think they had to figure out where they needed the story to go. Because we recorded a completely separate ending, where Delilah like cuts him off two thirds of the way through, and and tells him he's crazy and to huh. you know bugger off, never talk to me again. Um, and they came back and they're like, it doesn't work. Like we we Delilah has to be in it till the end. Um, and I was like, yay. And then uh, you know, so we re-recorded all of that. But I think it was it was like they would come to us with the script and say, here's what we're recording. Um, let's get the conversation going. And then we'd all jump on and, and, you know, I would record from my home studio, Rich from his home studio, and then we'd Skype in with Sean and record it like an actual conversation. So that helped tremendously to see what was working, what felt real, what, what jokes were landing or not landing. Um, and Rich is such a brilliant actor. I mean, he brings, he just brings like a, I don't know if quirkiness is the right word, but like, you know, there'd be a line like, yeah, yeah, you know, and everyone, everyone would go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rich was like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, just these random little things that, that stand out and make it pop and would make Sean and I just die laughing. Um, so to have that kind of feedback in the moment is invaluable. And it's so rare in games. I think the only other, the only other game I've recorded ensemble was um, Batman Arkham Knight. I got to record with Maurice LaMarche. Nora Freeze. Yeah, I try not to be my pants. Because um, it was Maurice the freaking Marsh. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a rarity in games to get to record with your scene partner. But you, so you just mentioned though that this was, this was uh, remote. You were not yeah. physically in the same room, yeah. which is sort of thematically appropriate, I it was. guess. was, yeah. And Rich and I had <laughs> never met. We live like a mile apart from each other in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. We'd never met. I'd never watched Mad Men, sorry. Um, so I didn't really know anything about him um, other than the team was super psyched about him. So, And we, the, the other cool thing is that we recorded chronologically. So that first scene where it's super awkward between yeah. Henry and Delilah was literally Rich and I getting to know each other. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it was it was really fun. Did that? So you clearly it seems like that you feel like that that elevated your performance, being Absolutely. able to, to play off of him and Absolutely. vice versa. Absolutely, yeah. He's such an incredible actor. I mean, he's got all the theater background training, and and you know he still does a ton of stage and everything else. 
he's just a remarkable actor. And so having the ability to <laughs> me with like nothing in my, you know, in my background other than a business degree, um, to get to play in that same sandbox was just mind blowing. When, uh, so if the script was in pieces for Firewatch along the way, when did you first get the sense that it was going to be something special? I mean, you're obviously, you know, you're already excited. Sean asks you, sight with, with no project, yeah. are you in? And you say yes. But when, when did you first get the sense that, oh, wow, this is going to be something good? Honestly, I was terrified. The night before it came out, I don't think I ate anything. I, was, I felt like I was going to throw up all over the place. Um, because I'd never been a lead. I'd never... And that's a lot of pressure. Because if it sucks, it's on you. But if it's great, it's on you, right? Um, I was terrified. I, I knew the ending was going to be polarizing. Um, I won't spoil it. But I knew that... Yeah, it's been uh, two years. Yeah, whatever. You haven't <laughs> played, played it game. by now. Um, it was just on Steam Summer Sale. It's, <laughs> it's a five-hour game. It was on sale for like five bucks. You should have bought it. Come on. Um, I knew the ending was going to be polarizing... But I, I didn't know how well it was going to be received. I knew with Sean and Jake at the helm and Jane and Ollie and the, the team that they had with the hype that there was leading up to it with how beautiful it was and the team that they had built around them. And I knew it was going to be good. I didn't know it was going to be what it was. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm so grateful because that team poured their heart into that game. Were you tracking... Were you sort of keeping an eye on the trajectory of the game in a sense? Because, like, we, uh, from our side, like, we had a pretty good idea that it was going to be something special. Just, I guess, well, partially it's, I've been doing this long enough where I kind of have a spidey sense about it. It's not <laughs> always right, but it, uh, more often than not, it's right. And just from, from the talent involved and then seeing that art direction, that art style from Ali Moss, yeah. I, we kind of had a feeling, of, hey, this is going to be pretty good. And then, we had like we had some exclusive gameplay chunk of it that did like over a million views, and we were all like, "What?" Yeah. And that was sort of when we were kind of thinking that this was. Were you tracking any of that? Were you like seeing sort of the the no. interest, or is that not in your on your radar? No, because I'll drive myself crazy with that. Because you know you always see with like a movie coming out of like, oh, it's gonna get so and so an Oscar nom and <laughs> and get ready, and then it just tanks. And right. and as an actor, I can't put all my eggs in that basket. Like I've still got to go out and hustle and get the other jobs and get that going. But I knew with Sean and Jake and Jane and Ollie and, and Ben and that team, I knew it was in good hands. I just didn't know how big it was going to get. Did you read reviews? Um, I did a little bit. Um, looking for your name? uh, Well, I would. It's super (laughs) weird. Like I, you know, I've, I'd only ever been a, a, a side character. Right. Um, so it was weird to start having this stuff. You know, Entertainment Weekly did a, did a thing on it. They, they mentioned Rich's name, but not mine, which was cool because it's still our game, you know, in their must list, which yeah. is great. But voice actors aren't, we're not used to getting the love. Like, you don't, you don't go into voice acting to, to be famous, right? Um, so it was weird to start seeing my name popping up or people sending me articles or, or you know, um, getting marriage proposals on Twitter and <laughs> things like, and some other letters that were a little unsavory. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a, it, it's still a trip. I mean, I literally just got a, a tweet yesterday that was like, you broke my heart in Firewatch. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for playing. <laughs> Bye. Did, you know. um, so did, 
did you play the game? Like when it came out, are you a gamer or do you do you just watch it on YouTube or like because if you hadn't, if you just built it in pieces, you hadn't seen the full product. Yeah, I take it. I'm a terrible gamer, so I learned how to play on the old school NES flat. Yeah, paddles. absolutely, of course. But I learned to play like this so that I could run super fast and then jump, and my feet would still be kicking through yeah. the air because I thought Track it was hilarious. Field, got to do it. A uh, little Mario running through the air. Um, so when the new paddles came out and they were all thumbs, I, I was like, I can't, I don't, and I backed off. And now I don't have the time <laughs> to pour into gameplay. Yeah. Um, but I do watch playthroughs um, when I can and, and try to keep up on you know what's happening. Uh, so, <clears throat> so, yeah, you kind of covered how many... The alternate ending thing fascinates me. Were there? Did I guess? But uh, sort of riffing off of that, did did Delilah herself go through different iterations, or was was her sort of um, you know I don't know if dark humor, but just very very like straight to the point, wry sense of humor? Was that always there, or did did she sort of change as a that character? That was always there. That was, and I I I might be misquoting Sean, and I I hope I'm not, but I. I seem to remember him saying that he kind of wrote that as a riff on me because I'm pretty wry uh, with my friends and, and kind of a dork. Um, I don't, I'm not quite as skilled in the punnery as Delilah is, but um, <laughs> yeah, so, so that, was, that was an easy shoe to put on. Um, so when, uh, when you won the BAFTA for Firewatch... I still can't believe that actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> what, like... Can you can you take me back to that moment emotionally? Because uh, who were you up against? Oh my god, I was up against Nolan North, Nolan freaking North for Uncharted Four, who had been winning all the things rightfully so because he's Nolan freaking North, and uh, Troy Baker and Emily Rose and um, Alex Hernandez from Mafia Three, brilliant performance in Mafia Three, and um, Navid Nagabin from 1979 Revolution, who, who's a tremendous actor. Uh, I was not expecting it. I'm still kind of half expecting them to come to my house and be like, sorry, <laughs> we meant to give that to someone else. Um, I think I screamed holy shit at the top of my lungs when they called my it's name. Fair. Um, yeah, I oof, was not expecting that at all. Because I watched your acceptance speech, and it's, <laughs> it was, you, you, uh, clearly an emotional moment for you, yeah. justifiably so, and, and of course, yeah. of course it is. I mean, uh, I, did I, you have a speech prepared, or, or did you just have to wing it? If you kind of winged it, like I knew who I wanted to say thank you to in the event that anything actually happened. Um, no, I was so caught off guard. I was so caught off guard. I, I <laughs> it's still so crazy. I mean, it was. I I had been voice acting at that point for six years. Um, and it was just this like incredible moment of, okay, you made the right choice. You know, I left a very well-paying corporate career um, and threw it all away to chase this crazy dream of mine. And uh, whoa, yeah, that was a that was as good a validation as any. <laughs> how did uh, so? How did members of your family, uh, like husband, <laughs> parents, react? Like from from that moment of the career change up to the BAFTA victory, 
well, have think, to win. What, I I what, is, my, what does that look like? When in I your, told my parents life? I'd been nominated, they were like, what do you need a bathtub for? Um, <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, there was, my husband was always super supportive. My husband, uh, you know, really saw that I was missing a spark in my corporate life. And even though, you know, my corporate life had brought me a lot of things, including him, uh, but he saw just the way that I lit up when I started taking classes and, and I just kind of poured everything into it. And, and he was really encouraging and supportive and, and, pushed me to really follow it. Um, my parents, you know, my, my brother, everyone I'm sure thought I was completely off my rockers mad, but, um, but they've been so supportive and so great. You know, it's, it's one thing to say like, I'm going to be an actor and I'm going to show up with my big starry eyes and everyone's going to go, you're super cute kid. Let's put you in a show. Um, but I really put in the work. I really put in the work before I got to LA. I had an agent before I moved to LA, which is not easy to do. Um, and, and I have an agent who, who believes in me, um, who saw kind of my untapped potential, um, back then Dean Panero, I'm talking about you. Um, I love that guy. And, uh, you know, having that kind of cheerleadership from my family and my agent and my friends, uh, it is the secret to pursuing your dreams though. Cause it's something like everybody wants to do that, Yeah, but it's not. It's never, except in the point oh oh one percent of cases, it's it's never an overnight thing. You have to no. you have to put in the work. Like, how long do you? How long are you taking classes? How how much of how much grind is going into the moment before you can get here to Katya? A lot. Um, I took as many classes as I could sink my teeth into for two straight years. I mean, four, five, six classes a week. Wow. Driving from Cupertino to Sausalito and back down again. Um, I learned how to engineer so that I could sit in on classes that I wasn't paying for. Wow. Because I wanted to be around the, the instructors and, and just like learn from the room because you can learn so much from watching other people do a script that you think you know what to do with. Um, I, God, I, I spent a lot of money and a lot of time making sure I had my shit together before we took the plunge and moved to L.A., and it was terrifying. And even yeah. once I moved to L.A., you know, I booked, I think Walking Dead was my second audition. It was my first job, right? So I had a pretty solid career happening in the Bay Area. And then we moved to L.A., and I didn't book a thing for a year. A year, man. And uh, I was freaking out. I, I, I was having panic attacks, and, and my husband was still commuting back, back up here. And, you know, God, what have I done? I've moved our family, and I'm failing, and uh and um, my agent called me one day, and he was like, oh, my God, you're so desperate to book. I smell it in your slate, which is, you know, you say your name before you launch into the audition. Sissy yeah. Jones, da-da-da. And he was like, you got to knock it off, because if I smell it, they smell it, and no one hires desperation. Hmm. And he was 130% right. And I... How do you let that go? Yeah, you, you find coaches and other classes and, and find ways to start building up your confidence elsewhere and and you just have to figure out a way to bring it into the booth and then once i shook myself out of that uh i booked ralph's and did you was there like a moment where or an audition where you you felt like you'd cleared that hurdle or or never no it's never i mean it's like i'm pretty confident now because you know 
You should be. People know who I am for the most part, or like, you know, I'm, I'm confident in my reads. I know what I, I know what my brand is. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, there's always dry spells. There's always peaks and valleys and it's learning how to survive in the valleys that get you through the peaks. Well, that's, that's exactly what I wanted to cover next actually is, you know, you hear in the, in, in the, uh, on camera acting world, you sort of hear about like, Oh, the Oscar bump where somebody gets an Oscar nom, or I guess maybe it's just an, an, an Oscar actual win. And then they start getting like way more offers and, does that after BAFTA, does does thing do things change at all, or does it continue to be business as usual? Not that business is bad, of course, yeah. but but is there any noticeable increase in in things coming your way? Or no, I mean, there's more name recognition. So if I'm auditioning for a role against two thousand other people, and that, my name comes up, yeah, it's you like go right oh, to the top of okay, the, yeah, we know her. Let's put her in the in the maybe bin, right? Um, but you know, part of what I really focus on doing is just making sure people know who I am, right? So when I worked in the Silicon Valley, I had this incredible boss who um, we'd do a brown bag lunch once a week and he would teach me about business. And one of the most important things he taught me was who you know will get you to the table and what you know will get you through the door. So go out, make friends, be cool, don't be an asshole. Like, it's surprising how relevant that is. It's true. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, I spend a lot of my time making new friends and meeting people and, and having dinners and, you know, having a good time because I love this business and I want to work as much as I can. And most of the other people in this business are super, super rad, right? So what a great group of people to make friends in. And then it helps that, you know, okay, I'm, uh, People know me from that thing, and and my name comes up in this other casting, and great, let's let's give it a shot. Do you get do you get notes on that on that note? Do you get like little notes or, or things, text text messages from the the Nolan Norths or other other nominees, other actors after after you get a win like that? No, that? I mean I met Nolan and Troy at at Baftas, and they were amazing. Um, but yes, my friends. I mean Melissa Hutchison, who's been nominated twice, is one of my dearest friends, and she was you know oh my god. My my phone blew up. <laughs> I was in such a state of shock I couldn't handle anything. Um, but I met Ashley Johnson the other day, and she was like, "Hey, congratulations!" And I was like, "Says the two time winner. <laughs> congratulations <laughs> to you." You know, um, yeah, it's, it's such a cool group of people. It's such a cool group of people. So, uh, Darksiders three, which uh, you know, you're not here for your health. We got to do a little promotion. <laughs> we got Darksiders three yes. out uh, at the end of November of this year. Highly anticipated game. It's uh, you know just it's one of those IPs from the 360 PS3 era that people really love it and they've missed it, and now it's coming back. And it's like the original team kind of reformed yeah. under under a new like the new old THQ and the whole thing. But yeah, uh, so. How how do you land Dark? Tell me, tell me, yeah. How how does Darksiders three come into your life? Darksiders three was actually a really roundabout job. So I have my agent who gets me my normal round of auditions, who I love, and then I have a manager who mostly focuses on promo trailer stuff. Okay, um, Debbie Cope, and she sent me an audition for this video game trailer, and it was four words: "Hello, brother, with pleasure," and that was it. And uh, and they were like, this is just this badass woman. Like she's a fighter. She's um, she's literally one of the seven deadly sins personified. Like she's just a kick-ass 
take no prisoners, just ballsy chick, give it everything you got. And I was like, yeah, okay, I can do this. And, uh, and so I turned in my audition and sure enough, they booked me for the trailer. So they had this reveal trailer that came out about a year ago now where Fury's walking past her brother, um, War, I think. And uh, she's talking to the Chard Council, and, and she walks past her brother in chains, and she says, hello, brother, just dripping with venom. And then um, the Chard Council asks her to do something, like go kill the blah, 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 and she's like, with pleasure. And she's got this whip and these iron boots, and it was so boss. And that was it. The trailer came out, had like four million views or something insane. Uh, and I, I called my manager, and I said, do you know who's making this game? Because I... Sure, would love to be considered for the lead. Like I just did the voice for it. Yeah. So the thing. <laughs> and uh, so we figured out who it was, and then I started calling my friends in the in the industry and be like, "Do you know anybody at, at Gunfire Games? Like, I'd love to I'd love to be considered." And I talked with a friend of mine at WB, and she said, "Oh shit, they're making that game." And I said, "Yeah." And she said, "Well, let's see if we can get it at WB." So she reached out to her friend and ended up getting the contract to record it at WB. <laughs> and then I had to re-audition because they decided they wanted her to have a British accent. And so I did my British accent and I booked it. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. So it was totally roundabout. It's not you know normally you'll get the you, sides. You, for you hustled for that one a little bit. Yeah. I did. I yeah, did. I mean, I, it just goes to show, like, when you, when you want, when you have a goal, the goal doesn't uh, come to you. No. you got to go get it, right? That's, there's, there's that is the no, moral of the story. There is no sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. There is no sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. Because if I'm not out hustling, somebody else is. Right. Yeah. So uh, what was your goal with Fury as you have gotten to know the character here over the course of... I don't know. Are you done? Or you got, you got to go back for a little more? Before? I think we have a little bit more. Okay. Maybe. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Um, but we know the game's out in November, yeah. so it's what happens between now and then, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> what I wanted to do with her was take this, this badass and, and make her a little more human in certain ways. Yeah. Um, you know, she has an arc and she goes through stuff that I'm not going to talk about. Um, but finding ways to, to keep her edge, but still bring a level of um, change to her. All right, we're going to leave it at that. I like that. Teasing an arc. Fury's mm-hmm. arc. Uh, so this is a, like no segue, horrible gear shift here, <laughs> but I've just got a few more minutes with you, a few more questions. Okay. So I'm curious, the, the sag after a voice actor's strike was a few years ago. Um, I mean, I've never been in a position like that in the sense of that you you, know, you, you want to work, but you, you kind of have to do, you have to play along with what's good for the best of your profession and your future yeah. earnings potential within that, within sort of that sphere. So how, how was that period for you? It was awful. It was awful. I love my fellow actors, and I also love the devs that I've worked with. We're not on opposite sides here. Like, I think the more you look at it, we all want the same things. Yeah. Um, I, I, it was really, really hard because the narrative from, you know, driven from the top down was us v. them, and it was never us v. them. It was, let's find a way to, to make this something that works for all of us. Um, it was really, really shitty. Are, are you, are you personally sort of satisfied with with the way it it ended? Like, are you do you feel like you're 
Is it a fair enough compromise? Or? I think in terms of compromise, yeah, it's it's where we needed to get to at that point. You know, I think I think there's a long way to go on both sides. I think you know, um, I think there are a lot of conversations that still need to happen. Yeah, so I know it's if I'm remembering correctly, uh, part of the the resolution was that there's now I think you get uh, voice actors will get um, a little a little slice at certain sales milestones i think there there is like Something a like that, so it's yeah. not just you know your one day of work and that's it and the game could sell 50 the, you could it could gta 5 and sell 100 million copies and you you get you the get same scale. Mm-hmm. yeah so that there, there was yeah. that was addressed in some way right yes that's got to feel good it does feel nice because you know uh because i did get paid my my day day player rate for gta 5 and that's it um, yeah. And you know, it's not like I have a major impact on the sale of, of that game as my prostitute. Um, but, you know, to know that uh, that we get a little more skin in the game. Yeah. What's, who's not to love about that, you know? I mean, especially in where Darksiders 3, we're looking at this right? could sell a million, many millions of copies. Hell yeah. But also, you know, they put a limit on vocally stressful sessions, which is huge. Yes. Yeah, you talked about that earlier. Yeah. I mean, that's, I can't imagine screaming yourself no. to 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 the point of hemorrhaging. And that's the thing is is I remember there was a lot of narrative around when the strike was happening about like oh poor voice actors and I'm okay I get it. It sounds very lofty. Like oh but I have to scream for 4 hours. I get it. But it's really freaking hard if you've not done it. You don't know how to do it yeah. and you don't know that it will wreck your voice. I mean, I have friends who have literally blown out a vocal cord and cannot ever do voiceover ever again. Wow. Ever. Um, so that happened, and then also they, they, I believe, have to let our agents know what properties we're working on. If it's a recurring role, yeah. if it's a sequel, um, <laughs> what the project is. You know, so a little more transparency, which Good. is nice. All right, a couple more questions for you before I, I let you get out of here. Um, what's, what's the biggest misconception that people have about your job? That it's just talking. Anybody can talk. It's not. Um, I get so many people saying, gosh, you know, I think I just want to do voiceover for some extra cash. <laughs> and uh, it's not that easy. You have to know how to act with your voice uh, and to make it believable and interesting. And also, uh, you have to have a presence. You can't just walk in one day and decide, I'm going to be a voice actor and start <laughs> working in all the things. It doesn't right. happen. Unless you're, you know, a, vo- a celebrity. Um, but th- I would say that's the biggest thing. <laughs> it's... I- I can't, that's, yeah. That's like anyone going, I can write. I could be a games yeah, journalist. Yeah, fine. I can, yeah. Yeah, I can do this. You can do my yeah, job. I play games. Fine. I know. Psh, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Your website has this about you. I want to end, end on this note. It says, besides winning a BAFTA for her performance in the 2017 indie, actually 2016 indie video game Firewatch, Sissy has also cemented her role as a new animation actress to watch for her part as the lead in a yet-to-be-announced new Disney animated franchise. Yeah. So uh, that sounds huge. Uh-huh. Care to tell me any more? Wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> Super NDA'd on that, but yeah, I'm really excited about it. I mean, that, that sounds like a thing that would, be, would have been really, really good news when you got that phone call or <laughs> email God. or however it, however it came in. Yeah, yeah. It's uh that was because that's what I got into voiceover for was the animation stuff in Disney. Yeah. You know, to work with Disney, um, it's it's going to be really really good, and I'm super excited about it. I, I is the really goal 
I've, that's fair. <laughs> I, I've signed. I have, to, I have to do that NDA thing all the time in this yeah. line of work as well. Is uh, so the question now? Final. I guess the real final question is: Is the goal? Are you still looking to check off that be on the Simpsons? I mean, listen. I would not turn it down. I would love to. <laughs> I mean, the show. It, it's never going to end. So there's uh, there are un. Seasons and seasons of storylines yet to be right. written. I think Nancy Cartwright needs to reach out Come on, Nance. through uh, representation or however it, it works. I actually emailed her after I made the switch to voiceover, and I was like, you don't know me, but you changed my life. Um, awesome. I heard your interview, and thank you. And she's like, great, cool, good luck. So, yeah. Throwback? Yeah, yeah. She was That's super great. Cool. Yeah. I super love that. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, Sissy Jones, Fury in Darksiders 3 out this fall. Uh, Firewatch, if you, it's out on pretty much every major platform now. It's coming on the Switch. Switch. It's coming to the Switch. The Switch, yes. Yeah. Uh, if you have not played Firewatch, do yourself a favor, fix that immediately, <laughs> and uh, we'll look for you on. In I don't know if it's big screen, small screen, but Disney something small coming up. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, and a future episode of The Simpsons as well. <laughs> you, I, I've, I've heard it. You, you spend, you go get, you, you have your list of goals, and th- you are a, you're a, a motivated. You, you go get it. I will. I I'm, tell, I, I'll be back. I'm very confident. <laughs> I'm very confident that if you come back here in a year, you'll have been on The Simpsons. Maybe I don't know how their schedule works. Your lips to God's ears. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> I think it's going to happen. Uh, Sissy Jones, thank you so much thank for coming you, by and telling me all about your fascinating career. Uh, and your tremendous accomplishments. It is, you are one of the best. Uh, I, I love hearing you. Uh, you. You made Firewatch one, one of my favorite games of 2016. Thank you. Just a, a phenomenal performance and a great game. Uh, thanks for coming by, for coming up here, and, and giving, like, giving me an hour of your life. Thank you so I appreciate much, it. truly. Thank you. Uh, Sissy Jones, Darksiders 3, coming up this fall. For more uh, on the best, brightest, most interesting minds in the games industry. I do these interviews every month. This is IGN Unfiltered. Please look it up on YouTube, IGN, uh, iTunes, your favorite podcast service. And I'll see you back next month with another awesome person like (laughs) Sissy Jones. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand-friendly, but don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.